So we're going to hear from Philip. So we've got, we've got South Sudan and Uganda and Kenya because you've had family members scattered throughout all those places, haven't you? And what, what's the situation like in South Sudan at the moment? It is still terrible in South Sudan right now. Yeah, the war is still on. So there's a, there's a civil war? Yep. And, and what, what's happening? Can you just explain a little bit about that? Yeah, the war just broke out many years ago when I was a little one. Uh, it was a religious war. You know Sharia law, is it? You know that? Yeah, in South Sudan, it was called Sudan before, not South Sudan. But because of Sharia law, if you are a Christian and you go to university in Khartoum, the capital city of Sudan right now, you must be given an Islamic name. If you don't have Islamic name, you can't go to university. So if, if, if the war did not break out, I would not be called Philip. I might be called Mohammed Ali this time. <laughs> yeah, but because of war, the war was caused by the biggest tribe in South Sudan. There's a biggest tribe. Dinka is the biggest tribe. It is like Zulu in South Africa. It is a big tribe indeed. That's where I come from. It is like Kuyu in, in Kenya. Yeah. These are the biggest tribes in Africa. So when the war broke out, uh, people fought and I left South Sudan when I was a little one. I went to Ethiopia working. Uh, I left my parents there. I walked maybe many kilometers. I don't know how many. I didn't know how to read kilometers by then. It was more than two decades ago in Ethiopia. And in South Sudan, during that time, People pray only, but I was not baptized. So I knew God. When I went to Ethiopia, I was baptized. My name was Thorn, T-H-O-N, means bull. But when I went to Ethiopia, I adopted another name, Philip. So when I was baptized, I had to choose between two names, Philip or David. But when I was approached by the priest, I just named Philip just came out of my mouth, and, and that's why I am Philip now. Well, it, yeah. was the, it was the Ethiopian official that was baptized by Philip, wasn't it? And so it's pretty fitting that you were baptized in Ethiopia, and your name was then, was then Philip. That's... Probably. I did know the, the story of Philip about Ethiopia. I learned it after I was baptized. So it might be a coincidence there. Yeah? That one happened by, by chance. Yeah, but these were the two names I, I loved the most. So I was lucky to, to get one of them. So from Ethiopia there, we live in a refugee camp. And UNHCR, United Commissioner of Refugees, came to help us to give us medicine, food, clothes, and all this. And many of the children die in, in, in Ethiopia. We lived there until we came back to Sudan again, border of Sudan, the war was still there. So I came to Kenya. That's how I came to Kenya, in a refugee camp. And during that time, I didn't know that. <laughs> in 1993, I heard that when my, die, my, my dad died in the war, that the time. Okay. 
I still got my mom in Sudan now, in South Sudan. After independence in 2011, Sudan was divided into two. That's Sudan now and South Sudan. So, mom is still in South Sudan, it's very sick now. But if I get time, I can go and see her. I saw her in 2011 during the independence. I still got my, my sisters, two sisters. One sister is six now. I got two brothers. So that's. So the war is still there. So what I ask you is to pray for South Sudan. The people are scattered everywhere. Mom is still in Cuba, but I wanted to bring her here, but she said she doesn't want to live here. Because she likes drink, drinking milk from the cows. She doesn't like the artificial milk made here in Australia. No, she doesn't like it. She likes only the milk coming straight from the cows. But she got some cows, but she doesn't live there anymore. She lives in, in Cuba because it's sick now. She can't survive there. Right. So, I mean, this civil war has really wrenched families, torn families apart, hasn't it, and meant that people are scattered uh, all over the region and even uh, all over the world. Um, recently, it was Mary, I think, whose uncle was in a refugee camp. You've still got relatives in refugee camps. Um, what, is, what is life like in a refugee camp? And how does your faith uh, help you in that situation? Yeah, actually, people is scattered because I got a big family on my side, my mom and my dad, because my granddad from my mom got a lot of ladies and he got a lot of, we got a lot of family from my dad also. And all these people, they scattered all over everywhere. Some went to America, Canada, and some are in everywhere in a refugee. So in the refugee camp, the government is still not helping anything. And people rely only in God. Most of people, they pray all the time because they don't have faith in government after independence. There's no, nothing government is helping them. So we got independence and within the independence, people are just fighting in the independence because South Sudan got like 64 tribes. It is good here in, in Australia, there's no tribes. People live as family of Australia. But in Sudan, there are 64 tribes, and these 64 tribes, they still fighting. They don't listen to one another. So in the refugee camp, many people live in the refugee camp, and they only rely on God. They pray all the time so that they survive. They survive for what to eat tomorrow. They survive how they can go through all the enemies in, in the refugee camp. So that's how we... So they really have to live by faith just yeah. one day to the next, um, yeah, praying, praying that they will survive yeah, the experience. It, it is just a matter of praying. And I got a little testimony. I don't want to tell you all the things because I will keep crying. I got, I'm writing my story, and in my story you will get all my testimony. If you want to read it later, but I haven't yet completed, but in my story, we get all my testimony because if I keep talking about them, I will keep crying. But there's a little testimony that I can relate to the way you can pray in people in South Sudan. I got a friend of mine here in Australia. He's in North, 
North Brisbane is a doctor, Dr. Andrew Berg. You might have heard of him during the flood in, in 2013 or 14, I can't remember. There was a, a family hit by the tree. That was Andrew's, uh, Andrew Berg's family was hit by the tree during the flood. His son called Angus was, uh, was hit by the tree and died instantly. But he was left with his wife and a, a little boy also. But his wife was hit by the tree and he was in coma in Royal Brisbane Hospital. That's where she was working as a doctor as well. But what I did, Dr. Andrew met with me like in 2009 in Prince Charles Hospital and he approached me and he, he asked my name. What is your name? I say, I'm Philip. Oh, he say, you are a Christian. I say, yes. But from there, it was not marriage. He told me the story. He said he went to Sudan. He stayed in Sudan for nine months. Because he's a doctor, but he got faith in him. So he lives in Sudan. I said, why did you go in the war? He said he was going to help people as a doctor. So he worked in our village there. And I was happy he was telling me the stories about our village. And after that one, what I did, I had faith in him as a doctor. And what he did, he said he would be praying for South Sudan. And when his wife was in coma in Brisbane Hospital, I prayed also. I told Mary about that story so that his wife could not die. But it was very good his wife did not die. So his wife is alive now. But the only problem now is his wife cannot work as a doctor again because she lost vision and she cannot drive. But she still look after herself because she is still allowed to teach us uh, to teach medical medical student now. She can teach for two days a week at uh, Austin Medical School, teaching the the student for two days in a week. And when I told Andrew that we see remember your son who died and we pray your wife should live. He said, he said, you couldn't believe that I would, we would remember him in our prayers. So now, we talk every day. He said that because you remember our family in your prayers, we will remember you all the time. So what I'm telling you is to pray for South Sudan so that South Sudan can pray your, can remember your prayers all the time. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, thank you, Philip. And, and I remember when um, I think it was Mary's uncle who was who was unwell and he couldn't get medication and he was in a refugee camp and he was looking after other people's children because uh, they'd been killed in the civil war and we as a church just sent a little bit of money that we were able to raise out to that family and what really struck me was when Mary told me that that they then you know that wasn't for themselves that was then shared throughout the whole community. Um, that little bit that we were able to send, uh, they use that to, you know, to help all the families around them as well. It's just um, such a powerful testimony. So we know that you know, there are Christians all over the world that are facing very, very difficult circumstances. And I think it brings it home to us just how good we have it here uh, in Australia. And, um, and as Philip's saying there, it's so important that we remember the worldwide church. These are, our, these are our brothers and sisters. Now, it's easy for us to relate to this because we know Philip and Mary. We know the Yom family. Uh, 
but we have brothers and sisters all over the world who are facing these kind of situations, and we've got to pray for them, which I think is, is a great message there. Philip, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you.